0: Sperm solution in eye was the chief complaint. I went into the room and it was actually perm solution, which the patient further clarified, but kind of a funny typo. And in the EDU, take those at face value. So I was fully expecting sperm solution to be the problem. (laughs) Um, Chemical burns of the eye. Let's talk chemical burns. So acids and alkalis are always bad when mixing and mingling with your eyeball, um, and sometimes it's hard to remember like which things are acid, which things are alkali, because it does matter. The difference between the two matters in your treatment and the aggressiveness with which you irrigate the eye um, because the outcomes are different. So acids, the easy clue is that these tend to end in the word acid. So yay, sulfuric acid, hydrochloric acid, that's helpful, right? Um, and the other easy clue is that the other's tend to end in the word hydroxide. So we know we've got an alkali substance, magnesium hydroxide, calcium hydroxide, um I've seen sparkler burns to the orbit or to the eye, and these should always be treated as an alkali injury uh, because the the sparkler, the magnesium of the sparkler actually combines with the fluid in your eyeball to produce magnesium hydroxide. Um, so it's actually an alkaline injury rather than a thermal injury. So it should be treated as such. So which do you guys think is worse? Is an alkali injury worse or an acidic injury worse? If you're thinking alkali, then you're correct. So both cause necrosis of the eye. However, The alkali injuries cause a liquefaction necrosis. This means that it penetrates deeply within minutes into the cornea, through the cornea, to the deep structures of the eye, bad news bears. Um, The acid injuries are bad, uh, but they actually cause a coagulation necrosis, which is typically superficial. There's rare, rarely vision loss. Now I'm not saying it's a walk in the park, right? So it can certainly jack up your cornea and cause profound corneal scarring. It's just not gonna penetrate to the deeper surfaces of the eye. Um, so several cases of alkali exposure that I've seen, the eye can actually appear completely white due to the severe ischemia of the conjunctiva and the, the scleral vessels. Um, basically, the, all of the vessels are um, completely necrotic uh, and no longer functioning. So the eye actually looks completely white. In cases like that, I mean, I've seen patients be irrigated for greater than 12 hours. Sometimes these patients are admitted for prolonged irrigation of the eye. Uh, What do they test like? We've talked about what they treat like uh, or what they look like. What do they test like? So always check the pH. Your first step um, in assessment is to test the pH. You do this with litmus paper, which you guys have probably all seen. You can always, if you're in a pinch and you don't have any, which you should in the emergency department, but you can always use a urine dipstick that has that pH, uh pad on the strip that can be used to assess the ocular pH. And you just pull down the lower canthus of the lid and insert the litmus paper into that lower canthus to get an idea of what the pH is. If it's only one eye that's affected, check the, check the good eye because not everyone's pH is exactly the same. Normal is like 6.5 to 7.5. Your goal is going to be seven. Um, But if you know in the normal eye that they're, you know, 6.5, then that's an appropriate goal as well. So check the good eye if they have a good eye. Um, and with testing, always measure intraocular pressure because some chemicals and significant burns can certainly increase the pressure. Um, treat like, what are we going to do for these people? This is one situation where uh, treatment comes before assessment. So you're not going to be able to do in any eye pain situation, that's a superficial um, injury where preparicane can help the patient's visual acuity. Don't waste your time trying to get like, you know, a Their visual assessment, uh, the Snellen chart, (laughs) whenever they're in severe pain, they can't even open their eyeball because of a severe blepharospasm, Um, so that would be silly, right? So make sure with anyone with an ocular burn before you do any sort of exam, you fix the blepharospasm, spasm, give them some topical anesthetic, and then you're going to irrigate the hell out of that eyeball. Um, so we're going to use Morgan lens. Um, you know, usually I hang at least two liters of normal saline. So that's two bags of IV fluid going in through the Morgan lens. Uh, and then you reassess at about, you know, after the two liters are over, usually around 30 minutes, it's hanging wide open. It's not on like a rate or anything. It's just normal saline. Um, kids aren't usually going to tolerate the Morgan lens very well. So a little um, MacGyver move that you can do is to take your nasal cannula, hook it up to your bag and sort of tape the nasal cannula to the bridge of their nose and just have that constant drip, constant irrigation going into the eyes. They're going to tolerate this a heck of a lot better than having basically a contact lens instilled in their eye. Um, after, you know, irrigation, and we've got that goal pH, so always recheck the pH. So, irrigate, 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 recheck pH. Irrigate, irrigate, recheck pH. Um, this is the mainstay of treatment. Um, anytime you have an injury to the cornea, remember we think of the cornea as skin, just like anywhere else in the body. If you've got an injury, a laceration, we need to think we need to prevent infection. So, we're going to do a topical antibiotic, topical erythromycin 0.5% ointment. Um, that's probably your most common go to. And you're gonna also consider tetanus update. Is their tetanus up to date? Um, give them aggressive pain medication, cycloplegics to prevent ciliary spasm is gonna help a lot with their pain. Um, so paralyze, give them that paralytic um, with the cycloplegic, it's called cyclogil, and make sure you consult ophthalmology for follow-up. Another take-home point I'd like to hit on real quick is UV exposure. So, not all burns are related to chemicals. Um, you'll commonly see this is either the skier that has been you know, skiing and they weren't wearing proper eye equipment or eye protection. And the reflection of the light off of the snow has caused a UV burn. More commonly in Eastern North Carolina, we see welders keratitis. So welders, UV keratitis, people who are welding without proper eye equipment. It is not uncommon to see this in the emergency department. And the funny thing about these types of exposures, UV exposures uv burns to the cornea is that they don't feel it at first they feel fine and then six to 12 hours after the exposure they come in with severe blepharospasm severe pain they feel like a million bucks after you give them that preparicane just remember you can't send it home with them and they always ask they always want to go home with the preparicane but if they continue to instill that in their eye it can lead to corneal ulceration and um, worse bad news things um So with these patients, you treat them just like any other keratitis, any other corneal epithelial deficit, like corneal abrasions. Keratitis just means corneal inflammation. Um, They're going to have diffuse uptake with the fluorescein stain. So it's kind of like diffuse punctate lesions that you see uh, with the fluorescein stain on these UV keratitis patients, UV exposures. Um, Just looks like uh, diffuse punctate or pinprick uh, lesions to the cornea. Make sure you treat their pain Topical antibiotics like erythromycin, update tetanus, close ophthalmology follow up for these patients. Boom.